a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back. This is Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Millard. I'm filling in for Boyd today. Thanks so much for joining today. And, boy, another another segment, another amazing uh, topic to talk through. We've all been watching the drama around Ro- Roe versus Wade at the Supreme Court. We don't know where all that's going to go. But uh, a number of, you know, major thinkers out there are starting to put together the puzzle of what life would look like on the other side of this decision, whatever it might be. And with the anticipation that uh, Roe versus Wade would fail, would fall, uh, some conservatives are looking and saying, well, what do we need to do instead? And do we need to take a look at America's social safety net to make sure that families are supported uh, when this option is no longer available. Uh, and we were able to chat a little bit earlier. Kelly uh, was able to chat, who's uh, the great producer for um, uh, for Inside Source. I'm sure you guys have gotten to know Kelly, uh, uh, you know, over time. Um, she was able to chat with Patrick T. Brown, who's a fellow at the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and he's been thinking about this a lot. So, um we're going to first listen to uh, Patrick Brown on how we he feels like we need to shift the way we support parents in a post-Roe world. The battle is going to be coming down to the states, right? And, and states will be taking responsibility for figuring out what a post-Roe regime might look like. And so part of that involves um, you know, sort of legal steps to um, restrict access to abortion and and that sort of thing. But I think hand in hand, that needs to go with um, policy steps to make sure that that women who are faced with an unexpected pregnancy who are in crisis situations have the support they need, not just from the civil society groups and churches and other organizations who are already doing tremendous work you know, to support women in those situations, but from from us as a society to make sure that that we you know are investing in in every child, we we need to be supporting them not just at birth, but also uh, you know for years down the road to come. So it's not just about a crisis pregnancy, well, although that is certainly important, but it's it's about those first you know two or three years of life and and uh, and and into the future as well. So it's so really putting families at the center of our economic agenda. So this is, uh, it's very interesting to think about this, but I kind of have my doubts. I mean, to be completely honest with you, would America, and, and by America, I mean, I mean, red state America, right? Conservative America, because I think that the more liberal side of America would go for this, but would conservative America go for expanding the social safety net? to make sure that families are cared for and opportunities are there for families, for children who are born into circumstances that are challenging enough that the family might have considered abortion. Do, will, will we really do that? Is that something that we would support? I mean, you might say, oh, yes, I'd support this, I'd support this, I'd support this, I'd support this. But you and I know how elections are, right? 
And when we get a guy up there, and you know this will happen in Utah. I mean, any any well, with a couple of exceptions, I could see I could see all all of uh, Utah's representatives to D.C. playing this card. Oh, look at this. Look at this welfare. Look at this socialism. Why are we paying for this? Why are we paying for that? And these people need to work and these people need to bootstrap. And, you know, there, there are a lot of different ways that we talk ourselves out of supporting families. I mean, it, it, and it's become really easy to do is to talk ourselves out of that. All right. Now, let's let's hear a little bit more, because Patrick kind of talks about this specifically, about the political reason that pro-lifers ought to support this kind of social safety net. Uh, pro-lifers are always going to hear this sort of rhetoric from um, the other side that, that, oh, you only care about the baby when it's in the womb and forget about it when it's born. And, and obviously, and, and, you know, for some, you know, hardcore number of activists, there's no amount of social spending that will ever satisfy them. But I think for a lot of Americans who are conflicted about the morality of abortion, which I think is sort of the, the, the majority position, uh, depending on, on how the question is asked in polling, I think being able to, to step up with the one-two punch and say, yes, we want to be protecting unborn uh, kids, but also we want to be investing in them and supporting them as well. So I, you know, recognizing that there's a, there's a political element of, of wanting to, um, to provide that support for moms and, and, and for families. I just, uh, I just really have my doubts that this is an honest effort and that this will be taken seriously. I mean, after all, the Utah State Legislature, we're going to be talking about the, the governor's proposed budget, but the legislature has already indicated they want to see a, an income tax reduction. So, I mean, we're already paying kind of bare minimum taxes right now across the country. And so I just I, I don't see this being something that people are really going to want to pay for. But but if they're going to do it, if conservative leaders really want to cross this bridge, they need to do one thing completely and totally. And they need to separate their rhetoric on socialism and welfare, because welfare is not socialism. Socialism is an economic structure where the workers control the means of production. Welfare is a program that we maintain in capitalist societies where we divert money to certain causes. That's welfare. And when we say welfare is socialism, which is factually incorrect, and when we say Social Security is socialism and whatever, food stamp socialism, which is factually incorrect, I think it gets in the way of our eventual ability to help these families. And so I think if conservatives are serious about helping take care of families in a post-war world, you have to separate out welfare from socialism and stop conflating them falsely all right we got to grab a quick break and then we'll be right back with a lot lot more on the show today a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon but violence is only the beginning of this story sometimes i thought there are no miracles yeah there are and this is a big one i'm amy donaldson and i've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence the Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.